Hi everyone, it's Adam from Monkey Tennis here, just saying a huge thank you to all of you that have supported my charity appeal uh, so far. For those that haven't heard about it, this September I'm going to be swimming uh, 15 kilometres uh, between five islands in Cornwall. Uh, I'll be swimming the Isles of Scilly, that's Scilly, S-C-I-L-L-Y. Um, I'm doing it because I want to, but also to raise money for Calm, the campaign against living miserably. It's a well-known statistic that 125 people in the UK die by suicide every week, and Calm run a free and confidential helpline for people to speak through their problems and ultimately to help prevent suicides. Um, I'm looking to raise enough money to train two new phone workers um, to man those lines um, and I'll be doing it by swimming the Isles of Scilly in Cornwall. Um, if you're looking to support me, it would be greatly appreciated. Um, you can donate at justgiving.com. Um, just go there and search for Adam Swim Silly. That's Adam Swim Silly, S-C-I-L-L-Y. All donations greatly appreciated. Thank you for helping me to support Calm. And now, on with monkey tennis. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hi everyone, Nick from Monkey Tennis here. Welcome to our surprise mini-episode. In it, we discuss what we know about this time with Alan Partridge, plus wild speculation and some predictions on what we think we'll see. Before we crack on, just a quick note to say that with quite a bit of new information coming off the back of Steve Coogan being on the promo trail for Stan and Ollie, and being asked about this time, we wanted to get this episode out quick sharp, and with your hosts being dotted around the country, we took to Skype as opposed to producer Jed's usual salubrious facilities, and as a result the audio isn't quite up to our usual standard. But don't worry, it's perfectly good to listen to, and we hope you enjoy it. Please feel free to get in touch with your own speculation, which we may include in a future episode. Now, on with the podcast. Aha! Damn! Monkey tennis? In no way, you big spastic, you're a mentalist! Damn! Sorry, that was just a noise. Monkey tennis? I got, uh, really drunk last night. Sick everywhere. Monkey tennis? Uh, minor criticism, more distance between the eggs and the beans. Monkey tennis? I wish things had turned out differently, but I'm glad they didn't. Monkey tennis? Where's my assistant? I do not know. You're like packing basically beef tea. Yeah, 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 yeah. Are you on an E? Monkey tennis? Back of the net. Hello commuters with your computers and welcome to Monkey Tennis, the Alan Partridge fan podcast for a very special episode as new Partridge on the TV is imminent for the first time in Monkey Tennis history. Uh, I'm Adam Brooks and I'm joined by Tom Dark. Hello, I'm a communist with a gun. I hate you lot. I've just thrown the royal family out of a plane. Can I use your toilet? Nick Alder. If you told me 25 years ago that I'd be talking about rigid inflatable holes with Dale Winton, I would have probably spat at you. And Tom Stab. Sunday, bloody Sunday. <laughs> so, 
I went with that because, uh, like you said, Adam, we're recording oh. this special episode on a Sunday. Oh, so topical. Yeah. Yeah. Seconds of thought has gone into that. <laughs> Literally a second of thought. Uh, so this is a very special episode. Uh, we'd like to apologise to anybody listening to this uh, any time past sort of the end of January 2019, when a lot of this uh, information will be horrendously out of date. But for people who are on the ball with Partridge, we wanted to fill you in with everything we know and everything we think we know and everything we'd like to know about this time with Alan Partridge. Partridge's return to the BBC. It's fair to say there's high potential we'll get a lot of things wrong as well. So. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, um, historically that's been accurate. We, we, we've got things wrong, so uh, why yeah. break about episodes that about episodes that we've seen? Yeah. And oh, now yeah. we're trying to guess episodes we've not seen. So uh, it's just what we do. But, if it ain't broke, okay. Let's start with what we know. Uh, so it's been confirmed that this is six 30-minute episodes uh, on BBC One this February. Um, I saw there was an interview uh, with Steve Coogan recently where it sounded like it was going to go out relatively late at night due to uh, rude language. Yeah. So we're guessing around 9.30, 10pm at least. Yeah, uh, Yeah. well, I guess it's going to... I, I assume that's going to be post 9pm Watershed. Uh, do they do news at... Is it 9 o'clock news or 10 o'clock news on BBC One? Is it 9 o'clock no, is that not ITV? It's... Or is it both? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> we need a broadcast expert. We don't have one. There we go. Um, Luckily, we do have at... Google, so bear with, and I'll find okay. out what's on the news. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, in, in the Christ. meantime, <laughs> brilliant, let's look at who's back. Uh, so well, so this, we know that Alan is, is obviously we can, involved. We can work it out. We can identify the slot and then be proved wrong in about three weeks' time, probably. Right. They'll probably move the news for Brexit just to scupper us. I can confirm uh, so, it's very much the news at 10 on BBC and ITV. They're both at 10 o'clock, okay, so, okay. so our, our best guess is 9.30 for this then. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, who's back? Alan's back, we know, confirmed. Lynn's back, confirmed. Yes. I've heard rumours that Simon, Psychic Simon, may still be involved. Um, and presumably Michael is still dead. I reckon. I'm, I'm pretty sure I've read that Simon is, is back somewhere. So I, okay, I, th- I think that's, that's been in, in print. I think right. it makes uh, sense from a character perspective to have Psychic Simon back. I also think it makes sense for the uh, actor Tim Key to be involved just because generally his trajectory is quite high and to have him involved with the show is probably quite, uh, would be quite a good thing. Yeah, and it's it's in keeping with, with Alan as a character in that he brought uh, Michael the Geordie with him to the radio station uh, at, to work security in Alpha Papa. Mm, so yeah. it would make sense that once he's trained or perhaps whipped into shape uh, accomplices, apprentices, mm. uh, he likes to bring them with him because he doesn't want to have to start from the ground up <laughs> with, uh, with fresh meat. I mean, could you, could you put a cynical spin on that? And that's because he struggles to forge new friendships and new relationships. Oh, definitely. Yeah, it's absolutely that. Question to the group um, of Partridge uh, characters of the past. Is there anyone else that you would like to see return? Uh, we have no insider information at all. So, again, this is wild speculation. Is there anyone from the past that you would like to see come back? Yes, I would like to see Jill turning up, uh, telling Alan that uh, he has fathered a son uh, uh, <laughs> and he's just not not interested. Now, that is... I feel like... It, that, I know she's outside the BBC... That's reference to a fan theory that we had. Someone wrote in, yes. right? Yeah. That actually, I, like, I would Jill love had, it. Had father Alan and, and Jill had actually had a child. 
Um, it's not so much a specific character, but the way that they'd be reintroduced. Um, because obviously this is a kind of topical magazine show, I presume there are going to be outside broadcast segments. It would be brilliant if Alan was just reporting about an issue in, in the town and then uh, a previous guest happened to go past. Maybe they've fallen on hard times uh, and they take this as an opportunity to, to put Alan right uh, for some previous wrongs that he's done to them. I'd like to see the two Irish TV executives uh, returning and discussing how they basically don't want to buy the rights for uh, this show in Ireland. So it will be denied an Irish broadcast. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, well, because we, we do know as well, I think, from what we've seen online over the last, because I think they've been shooting this for about a year. So the, the whole thing, one of the headlines being, is essentially a magazine show, which is give or take essentially the one show so there are going to be bt segments so there's definitely the scope for alan to bump into somebody on the streets of soho for example um yeah we can maybe talk about that in a, in a bit about the the photos that have been seen I, and stuff. yeah i personally would like to see you know how sometimes on these sort of magazine style shows they they do sort of very awkward like food and drink tastings so on um mm. Sunday brunch, they have someone come in and sort of talk about beers and wines and things like that. I'd like to see a similar section of, on beers and wines and spirits. And uh, in charge of that section is Dave Clifton. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it's I'd more like likely to, to be see... Rosie, though, isn't it? Yeah, again. yeah. Rosie whispering. Yeah. Uh, I'm hoping you're going to get some scenes of uh, Alan like walking the corridors of the BBC or just having lunch in the canteen with Des Lynham, like some maybe uh, <laughs> ex-alumni from the BBC. Do you think now that it's kind of big budget and it's BBC, they will have him interacting in some way with other real BBC shows? I, I reckon think he'll so. stumble onto the set yeah, of yeah, certainly Doctor presenters. Who or something. Uh, I would um, say that Coogan has got previous here. Um, he in Saxondale played uh, a number of the characters, oh, so he has yes. done it before. Yeah, mm. yeah. Um, and but, obviously but things like. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I was Saxondale I, good. I kind of agree. It's, it seems unnecessary for him to play two characters when he's already the lead role, but. I was going to say as well, in terms of, of him bursting in on other BBC shows and interacting with kind of other BBC properties, if you like, do you think that that is uh, Steve Coogan and the Gibbon Brothers style or do you think they would kind of try and keep it pure Alan? And also, if they do have cameos from other kind of BBC celebrities, do you think that's likely to spoil the comedy or enhance it? Well, it depends if they play ball, doesn't it, I guess? It, uh, yeah. Well, but then it's not going to be set up like a hidden camera. I don't know, because it's it's really interesting because this has got the potential of the hallmarks of a knowing me, knowing you type setup where so I don't know whether you'll just have the same cast of characters returning every week playing other characters, or will it be uh, grounded in a bit more of a real world feel? It's it's hard to know which way it's going to end up, isn't it? It's kind of it's it's, been, it's kind of been done really, hasn't it? The kind of presenter you know things like comic relief where you might get a bbc presenter turn up and interact with a character from mrs brown's boys or from uh or from like uh from other sitcoms on the bbc so they place real life presenters or real life people into those sketches and shows and they can work and they can not work it's 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 a bit done so it makes me feel like if they were to do that it's a little bit of you know old rope sort of thing mm. well, it's just yeah it's a strange one should we just uh, briefly recap the headlines and what we do know? Because obviously Coogan has been on a massive media blitz over the last week or so. Where Couldn't move for him last week. I know. He's the, been the, on... The Stan and Ollie and alan yeah. basically. <laughs> so he's been on The One Show, Graham Norton, Lauren Laverne, 
the Empire podcast, the Kamoda Mayo podcast, uh, Mark other things, the Mark Maron podcast, which I think is where a lot of publications have got their headlines from. I mean, we'd never do anything like that. We've obviously <laughs> thoroughly researched and got our own uh, exclusive press releases issued. Um, but yeah, so like we've covered, it's that six episodes, 30 minutes, BBC One from February. So again, we don't know, is it the first week of February? Is it the end of February? We know Lynn, we know about Psychic Simon. So the setup being that Alan is handed, I think Coogan keeps using his phrase, Alan's handed a career lifeline and he's parachuted in to cover for a temporarily, to cover temporarily for a co-host on this time who is ill. Um, and I think those those are the main headlines. But then Coogan has talked in other interviews about the subjects of some of the episodes as well. Um, so I wondered, shall we just drop in a quick clip from the one show that he was on last week? So for those people that are listening to the pod that haven't seen it, they can get up to speed with what, uh, what Coogan's been saying. Now, good news for all Alan Partridge fans. Alan is coming back yeah. to the BBC. And the other day, honestly, it was one of the highlights of my career. Um, really actually, it was yesterday I got an email from <laughs> Alan Partridge. Honestly, I'm not it's kidding. Uh, this is what it said. Dear Matt Baker, I'm Alan Partridge and I'm delighted, or at least content, to invite you and a guest to a special preview screening of my, brackets and BBC One's upcoming magazine show, this time with Alan Partridge, brackets my emphasis. The show marks my return to BBC television after two decades in various doldrums, brackets depression, radio, Sky Atlantic. And you've been carefully selected because you're either a journalist with a pleasant disposition or a friend or representative of an institution with whom I currently hold no specific grudge. <laughs> So it's, it's happening. It was almost like he was in the room. I know, I know. It's, it's happening. Uh, Steve, what, what is the story and what can we expect then? With uh, the well, uh, Alan is returning to BBC in a magazine show on BBC One with a female co-presenter. <laughs> um, and any resemblance to any existing BBC One show is purely coincidental. Oh, yeah. yeah okay. um, but... Um, it's, uh, but we've taken a lot of inspiration from uh, lots of shows, but uh, it's um, Alan's parachuted in as a substitute presenter when the, uh, the, the, the presenter, the male uh, presenter of our show, which is called This Time with Alan Partridge, um, is, uh, it's actually not called with Alan, it's just called This Time, um, but uh, Alan gets his feet under the table pretty quickly, put it that way. So there we go. There's a, a little insight into uh, into the content of uh, this time. Um, one thing I thought was interesting is we know that Alan is parachuted in to cover for a presenter who's become ill. We also know from Steve Coogan that one of the episodes centres around bereavement. So uh, I don't want to be one to connect the dots, but you've got to wonder how Alan parlays one episode's guest presenting <laughs> into a whole series. Uh, and I think the clue is that there is an episode about bereavement. I would I would be surprised if that wasn't the first or second episode uh, ah. setting this up for. Nice. Alan's Alan's clear roots to BBC fame. Yeah, second second episode would make sense, I guess. Because um, yeah, we know. So if there are six episodes. We know one is about Me Too. One is about bereavement. We don't know what the other four are about, do we? That is all. No. To be no, within. and I, wa- I wonder if they are all about a specific theme each week. Is it going to be kind of this week on this time we're talking about this issue? Issues. Uh, maybe they'll t- maybe they'll tackle a separate issue each week. That's the way I assumed it would be. Each each episode would be focused around an issue that Alan is able to uh, reduce down to thirty minutes and deal with in a similar amount of time. Have they said whether these shows are supposedly live or whether they're 
recorded. Do we know anything about that? Because obviously uh, the, 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 the potential with live television is that it can go very, very wrong. So it's an easy face. way. Mm. Yeah, it's very easy to, you know, to, to, to uh, make stuff go wrong in, in what Alan's doing if it's live. Well, if it is supposed to follow the conceit of being like the one show, then in theory, mm. yes. And that's yeah. how they did Know Me Knowing You. That was supposed to be a live show. And did yes. anybody else think, actually, that one show clip? Um, so obviously we, we just dropped a new audio there up to they then go to the clip of the aftermath of Alan shooting Forbes McAllister live on air. I thought that was quite an odd clip for the one show mm. to air. At like it was a weird clip, you know wasn't I mean? it? Yeah. Mm. yeah. Visible I mean, blood yeah. and panic. I mean, I get and the context... They- because obviously in the interview they're saying, well, last time Alan was on the BBC, this was what happened. But I've always thought that was quite a dark and shocking moment in the series, the way it was done. So for them to then cut to the one show and it's basically a supposedly live studio audience screaming, shouting, there's blood everywhere. I thought that was quite incongruous. So And also, even even when they showed it originally, there was 25 minutes of comedic build-up. It wasn't like someone yeah. just got shot straight away. <laughs> it was almost like they, they were cutting some kind of documentary footage. It was quite weird. But then... That, to be honest, that is kind of classic one show. Like the program is always full of people call it kind of like handbrake moments. So you'll go from one item to the next, and they never really match up. So you'll be like, oh, and now there. Look at these lovely cute pandas in London Zoo. Now, when John found out he had leukemia, and it's just you're just like, what the fuck? And there's, <laughs> there's a lot of potential for comedy gold in the show itself if this time apes the one show that closely as well. There's a nice mm. bit of nice bit of insight from Coogan in the Empire podcast that I listened to in preparation for this, which isn't necessarily about this time, but something you just mentioned there. The way Knowing Me, Knowing You ends is obviously with the death of Force McAllister, so it's quite a morbid, like, full stop mm. to the end of that episode. Yeah. And also uh, the end of I'm Alan Partridge series two, obviously he gets his book pulped, and that's quite a sad ending. Uh, the ending to the first series of um, Mid-Morning Matters, he obviously confesses his love for, I forget her name. Zoe. Zoe, who you know he kind of rejected, and that's left quite a sad ending. Yeah. Coogan says in that interview with Empire that he often, he really likes um, comedies or, or writing comedy that ends on a really sad sort of low note where you're kind of left going, is that is that the ending? Is that... So right. he's, he he often he, he purposefully writes his comedy so that it ends on quite a, um, a a morbid low note, and that's not something I'd necessarily noticed thematically in Alan Partridge until he mentioned that. And then you just mentioned that made me think, oh, actually, there is a theme in, through Alan is that you know obviously he's a tragic character. That pretty much every series that he's in ends on quite a a, a morbid yeah, note. Yeah, they do. They do sign off on a point a poignant moment, yeah. don't they? And that's like, obviously so. something that that Coogan does. On purpose. Yeah, mm. I guess there's it's always... It's almost a, like they planned it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's always a strong element of pathos yes. as part of the character, but I think it's very interesting the way the series endings are always quite downbeat like that, definitely. Look, my question about the, the makeup of the show, we obviously talked about the fact we're not entirely sure if it's, if it's supposedly broadcast as live or not, is that we obviously know Lynn's involved. Now, Lynn, apart from a brief stint on local news, is not a <laughs> presenter of any stripe. So do we think there's going to be a sort of backstage Larry Sanders, Curb Your Enthusiasm type element alongside seeing Alan on screen and that's how they crowbar Lynn in? Because otherwise, what's she yeah. going to do? Like, wander onto the set? Yeah. Uh, yes, yeah, so I would agree that you're clearly not going to see Lynn as any kind of uh, presenter that's getting camera time. Um, but... Surely you're going to see behind-the-scenes footage or Alan in the dressing room getting makeup prepared. And I feel like that's the scene where you're going to start to see. It, it's going to it's going to have to be, isn't it? There, there's no viable way for. I also it, I feel, 
I feel like it wouldn't really make narrative sense for her to be in front of the camera either. So, but that's the mm. sort of stuff I'm most excited about seeing. That oh, it is a Larry Sanders yeah. style vibe. I think that'd be great. I'm also just very excited about having Lynn and yes. sidekick Simon in Vision in the same show. So obviously, Mid Morning Matters. She's been referenced. Like he phones her, but to actually have those two characters together, because I I'm willing to bet they're not going to get on. Just yeah. And I don't think they, they didn't share a scene in Alpha Papa either, did they? I don't think they were ever in the same place at the same time, as far as I can rem- remember. No, I uh, don't think so. No. no I mean, we're quite likely to get that wrong, so I'm sure somebody will tell us. But <laughs> yeah. yeah, I guess because Simon spends most of that film just tied up in the studio, doesn't he? So. Yeah. Um, if it was up to me, and I must stress that it isn't, um, <laughs> a, a half hour show uh, that, that, as we've just talked about, often ends on a, you know, Partridge often ends on a poignant moment. It would make sense for there to be effectively a 20 minute live this time and then a sort of 10 minute him and Lynn in the dressing room kind yeah. of talking, mm. talking through who to blame for what's going on <laughs> uh, and various execs kind of dropping in and, yeah. and slagging him off, etc. That's can, kind of what I'm imagining. I can almost vision like the scene at the beginning of the episode where you'll see Alan like at the side of the stage, you know, like kind of checking his watch nervously. Um, and then, you know, applause goes and then you see Alan walk on stage. And that's the point when it kind of cuts to a sort mm. of traditional setup. And the final, yeah. maybe five or ten minutes, as you say, could be the reflection period with Lynn where, you know, Alan's saying, oh, did it go well? And then being forced to say, yes, because <laughs> I assume, I assume, and again, it's not up to me, but I assume the episode will not go without problems or a hitch. <laughs> so, so just to confirm, Nick, it's not up to you. I don't think it's up to me or Adam, but you two haven't confirmed whether it's up to you two. So. <laughs> it could be up to me and Tom. It could be, oh, yes. no. Uh, no, it's definitely up to us. Um, yeah. I, I, I'm just so excited to have Lynn back. I just think it's going to be brilliant. Um, it's like having Robbie back and take that. <laughs> do you think her just hair will still look like an explosion? <laughs> I, I can so. only hope so. Yeah, yeah. And do we reckon Alan will walk on stage, say, and say, "Aha"? Yeah. Oh, definitely. that's a good you reckon? Question. Yeah, I think so. Oh, well, he, okay, he's been parachuted in. That's the phrase. I wonder if it, it might be the thing where throughout the six episodes we see a gradual slide of him trying to make it more of Alan's show. So you know the thing like in Naomi Knowing You that they made his name in the sign bigger week by week? Yes. Is it going to be he's trying to make it all about him more, more and more week by week? I, I mean, yeah, I, I'd I, imagine so. Um, in terms of the name of the show, as we heard earlier in the in the one show clip, uh, there was a letter sent out from Alan to various journalists inviting them to a screening at the end of January um, that basically said, you're invited to, to come and see this time with Alan Partridge. Uh, with Alan Partridge was in italics and it then said, emphasis mine. So uh, oh, whether yeah. that is the official title or whether he's trying to shoehorn it in, uh, we're yet to find out. Oh no, that, that's a really good point, actually, of course, because he's been parachuted into the show that is already called This Time. Yes. So obviously he's trying to he has retitled it this time with Alan Partridge, maybe officially or unofficially, kind of like the one show is the one show, but if he was hosting it it would be the one show with Alan Partridge. Yes, that makes Which perfect I, sense. I, I also like that uh, I believe the name of the show is this time. Currently it's not this time with and then the names of the current mm, presenters mm, so that changes. it's not like he's trying to just change someone's name for his, he's trying to add his name in yeah. where there's never been one before. Which is perfect Partridge. Yes. Classic part. Um, shall I just talk you through a few of the photos that have been doing rounds online over the last few months? Because um, it might warrant a bit of further discussion in terms of where Alan's been seen doing VTs and what have you. Um, so, so yeah, the, the photos that I've seen circulating online over the last few months whilst they've been filming. So it looked to me like 
the first few weeks or months of filming they did was all on location stuff. So there are lots of shots of him in Soho. So he's kind of like near adult shops and things like that. And also he's at the, I think is it the cholera pump in Soho? So it's the pump where people were um, dying of cholera. John in Snow pub. Yeah, that's the one yeah. right outside mm-hmm. there. And then also, uh, I think Neil Gibbons posted some shots from the edit suite, maybe towards the end of last year. One of them features Alan, what looks like a superimposed Alan in a Petri dish. So I, <laughs> yes. so I did wonder, is maybe one of the episodes going to be about diseases or something like that? Yep, quite possibly. Certainly, at the very least, a health-themed episode. Yeah. I yeah. can imagine them squeezing a lot of, of value out of. Unless that, that also ties like... into bereavement. It looks a bit like a, a graphic that you'd see on the day to day with Chris. Yeah, Paris that's like yeah, that's what I thought. So yeah, if you if you for those that haven't seen it on uh, the feed from Neil Gibbons, it's kind of you've got what looks like a miniature Alan inside a petri dish with some kind of culture growing, and yeah, like Nick says, it looks like it's straight out of Brass Eye, basically. The other uh, photos I've seen a few studio shots and like things like a this time mug and stuff. But what I thought was most intriguing is there seemed to be some kind of Rolls Royce full of cheerleaders. So I wondered, is that going to tie into the Me Too episode or something? Or is that how Alan is going to make his studio entrance? Maybe well, his studio he, entrance is going to get more elaborate week on week. We don't know. He's certainly a fan of, of, of a troupe of dancing girls. We all know about the incident with Pan's people that, uh, <laughs> that he... he he confessed to as part of yep. a conversation about uh, Operation yep. Utree. Um and he's 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 had many dancers more in the Know Me Knowing You days, I guess, uh, because it's a TV show. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I wonder if this will be a return of that, but with a sort of uh, him trying to put an ironic slant on it to make it more okay in 2019. Well, has anyone got the uh, the quote that he has uh, on Mark Maron from uh, about the supposed Me Too uh, episode? Yeah, I've I've got that in front of me actually. So yeah, uh, Coogan, where in interview with Mark Maron, said what we try and do is we have him try to jump on the bandwagon, and and he will say something like, "Hey, I've made mistakes. I've stood on the side of a sidewalk and slow clapped whilst I watch a woman trying to parallel park, you know, and I feel bad about that. Now, if I saw a woman doing it, I would shout instructions." So you can see he's trying to be righteous and getting it wrong, which I think is a, very much in keeping with the way the characters developed over the years, definitely. Yeah, there's a nice section, not to uh, plug other podcasts endlessly, but uh, once we're done with us, there's a nice section in the Steve Coogan, uh, Mark Maron uh, WTF episode um, where he's talking about about Partridge's evolution in, from someone who doesn't care about doing the right thing to someone who try is constantly trying and failing to do the right thing. Um, also, it's worth a listen to that just for uh, Steve Coogan's inexplicable mid-Atlantic accent. Oh, um, it's astonishing. I mean, splitting hairs. <laughs> The only thing I can put it down to is that he it must have been recorded while he was in America, obviously, but has been, had been in America for a prolonged period of time because there's no way you just drop into that podcast. Well, I mean, basically, yeah. I hope so, because otherwise there's just no excuse for it. <laughs> it's very <laughs> I mean, odd. He hasn't, he hasn't sounded like that on the one show or Norton or anything, so no. hopefully yeah. that is why. Um, I'm maybe actually just with- hack just hanging on to a little bit of the Stan and Ollie accent, perhaps. Yeah. I've actually got another... There is another good quote that I might as well just read from the Marin interview. Uh, Coogan said, Early on, we made Alan too predictably conservative. It was a bit like shooting fish in a barrel uh, caricature. Whereas now we do him as someone who realises he's got to get on message uh, and he's struggling to do the thing he's supposed to do. And I think that really perfectly encapsulates where the character's gone over the last few series of shows. And arguably, I think that's funnier. 
that's that's a that's a that's a, a, a positive sort of evolution of the character. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two year contracts, they said, "What the f- are you talking about? You insane Hollywood ass." So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Yeah, definitely. And and also they've got to keep him just on the right side of uh, of acceptable. Mm. I think there are there are arguably some parts of Know Me Knowing You that you watch now and you think even as an ironic character some of this is is a, probably wouldn't go out in the same way in 2019 as it did back then. Yeah. I also wonder what the um kind of commissioning conversations were with this. So it, it was there a conversation that said um, if the show is popular, we'll give it a second series. And then also, is there some kind of narrative joke about the show getting a second series or possibly not getting a second series, essentially where life and art imitate themselves simultaneously? Yeah. If, um... I'm, I'm very... Uh... I'm very, uh, I'm very interested in what happens in the last episode. Whether they will repeat a kind of a kind of inexcusable bombshell from which he can't come back, yes. like they did at uh, Naomi Knowing You, or whether it's just more of a, yeah, you're hanging on by the skin of your teeth, and and you may we may see you again on this show. Obviously, we're kind of wildly speculating, but if it is in line with what we think the show will be, it feels like it could work live. So if Steve ever wanted to take it on the road, I don't know if he would ever want to do something like that. It feels mm-hmm. like you could take this kind of roadshow magazine feel out to the general public, you know, all around the country. So I wonder if we'd ever see a live show of this time. Yeah, well, I guess that's a bit like uh, the segment in The Man Who Thinks He's It, the live tour from, I think, 98 that Coogan did, where there was half an hour of Alan in that. And that was Alan doing a chat with somebody from the audience and stuff. So it, it definitely worked. That's really good partridge. So... Uh, yeah, would be keen. Yeah, I mean, this is the equivalent of the BBC giving Jeremy Clarkson a talk show, which, let's be honest, they would never do. ITV, on the other hand, I'm sure would be... <laughs> well, he's hosting who wants they, to be a millionaire now. Yeah, they've given him a quiz show. True. <laughs> but again, I think that's going to be a, a lot of the fun to watch as this series develops, is to see that, that thing, you know, Alan's been given an opportunity to step in as a co-host, in theory, maybe for one week. And then what we do know, what, what Coogan has talked about is that co-host that host then dies and that's how he gets to retain so for at least the six weeks that we see so it will be really interesting to see how that all plays out i'm very excited about it i think it's a great 
I think it sounds like they've come up with a great conceit, the reasoning to get him back on the BBC. And it's like, I think something we've probably talked about ages ago now when this was first announced, which was what, back in 2017, I think it was, the whole thing about there's a way that makes sense for Alan to be on the BBC because he's representing uh, Brexiteers and that kind of part of the nation that the BBC didn't really understand. So, yeah. I th- but, I, but I think it makes sense that they haven't just gone, Alan, have a show, because that wouldn't that would be quite an unbelievable narrative where it's like, oh, Alan, you'll do because you probably appeal to the viewers and you're the only person available for a week. Makes a lot more sense. Yeah. Are we confident that this will be good? Yes, I'm pretty confident. It's going to have Lynn and Simon. I'm, I'm sold on that alone. Yeah. I, I think we're given to prove their worth as well with the output that they've um, kind of given us. I think they've they've proved their uh, their writing chops, and I think it's in pretty safe hands. Is this the first Alan TV since uh, the second series of Big Morning Matters? Because um, first series, yeah, yeah not no, obviously uh, there's been specials. Yeah, yeah, there's been specials. Yeah, yeah. So, so but, um, but first TV, yeah, so s- series since since yeah. since, since 2012. This will be the first thing since Scissorile. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> and also, uh, and also, crucially, the first Alan series to be broadcast since uh, the creation of the very podcast you're listening to now, yes. uh, which is why we're a very excited uh, and uh, thought it warranted an episode of uh, Wild Speculation and pre-game. Um, but also, uh, we should talk a little bit about how we're going to run monkey tennis uh, while this time goes out mm. on the airwaves. Uh, so, a couple of things. Firstly, we will be doing episodes, recording episodes each week. Um, so they'll be coming to you in more or less real time, as close to real time as we can uh, we can handle. Uh, but you'll be getting an episode of Monkey Tennis in between each episode of this time. Um, we also have a an all new uh, phone line, the Monkey Tennis Hotline. What? Yeah. Tell um, us more, Adam. What is it? <laughs> well, now that, we're able to res- <laughs> now that we're able to respond to feedback a little quicker than usual because of the nature of uh, this time going out on telly, we thought it'd be nice if people wanted to uh, get in touch, leave us a voicemail uh, and we'll put the best ones on future episodes and answer uh, as many of your questions, uh, address your theories um, and uh, you can blow our minds with uh, either A, facts or B, things we fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> and it will mostly be ringing off the hook. <laughs> um, so shall I tell the listeners what that phone number is? How, Absolutely you're, you're tell the listeners what that phone number is. You're probably is. sat there listening. How do I get in touch? Well, you can call 07923 600 017. That's 07923 600 017. As you can tell, we've paid top dollar for a memorable, <laughs> easy, to, easy to remember, premium number there. Call 0800 Coogan now. <laughs> so uh, yes please do get in touch uh, obviously um, you can get in touch in all the usual ways which we'll recap at the end of the episode yeah. as well and with, um, with the phone line I was going to say uh, so we're going to have that open so you can leave us a voicemail and we can play you in but also uh, that number is now available on WhatsApp so you can also leave a voice note via the medium of WhatsApp if that WhatsApp of WhatsApp if WhatsApp. That, WhatsApp WhatsApp contemporary <laughs> references you've come to know and love from us so, uh, yeah basically that line that hotline is going to be open for voicemails and whatsapp voice notes so there are hot and sexy involved. monkey there are hot and sexy monkey tennis <laughs> in your area and they want to chat to you god um and the final oh, element of the final element of people have uh, ideas for a poll that they can uh, leave a voicemail no 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 any no. ideas for polls will be ignored okay. polls are banned 
Um, the uh, the other element of future episodes of uh, Monkey Tennis will be now that we've obviously got an episode of this time coming each week we're going to try each of us is going to try and guess each week something that will happen in the following week's episode and then we'll toss up the scores and uh, crown one of us as a champion at the end of the series so uh, if anybody would like to join me now for the first game of Predictor Partridge um, we're looking for something that is not obvious something that is not completely obscure but something that you think will happen in the first episode of this time um i'm happy to kick off if you like i'm going to say that alan's level of professionalism is going to be so low that he will receive a a phone call whilst broadcasting on air oh i like it i like it uh shall i go with mine yep. this is more yep. character based uh so i'm going to predict in episode one uh we're not going to see sidekick simon but we will see lynn okay like that uh, so I'm happy to go next, and I'm going to predict that a guest will walk off stage um, midway through an interview because Alan has upset them. Very likely. Solid. Tom Stab? Yep, and my prediction uh, is that Nick won't watch the first episode. What? <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? In all seriousness, uh, I think my prediction is that buttocks will be seen. <laughs> it's happened before wow. it could happen again in episode yeah. one that's in episode one i'm going for absolute buttocks in episode one i mean it's a waste of a post-watershed slot if you don't have a couple of bum cheeks in there <laughs> please please let there be bums <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that's the end of our first predictor partridge uh, you'll be able to join us uh, obviously we're, we're, at the time of recording we're not 100 percent sure of the date that the first episode will go out but rest assured we'll be following it swiftly with a monkey tennis and we'll let you know how our predictor partridges uh, got on and who's where on the leaderboard um is there anything else to talk about uh in terms of this time and alan in general yeah uh, i just had a quick thing that um coogan said on the empire podcast to go back to my point uh, the question i asked do we are we confident that we think this will be good um steve said it's definitely as funny as the first series of i'm alan partridge and better than the second series and its best moments are up there with the day-to-day so obviously he's confident Brilliant. that um what he's what what they've produced is 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 good yeah you'd hope so <laughs> yeah obviously yeah. <laughs> it's fine yeah no, no, that's that really interesting because i feel like a lot of the creators of partridge when they look back at it now i feel like they are quite down on i'm on yeah. series two in comparison to series one so if he's setting series one as the benchmark i think that's a very positive indication yeah absolutely okay well uh, that brings us to the end of our wild speculation and probably the end of the final episode before new partridge hits the bbc uh, so thank you thank you for listening to monkey tennis the alan partridge fan podcast i'm now going to run you through all the ways you can contact us without making <laughs> Sorry, a single mistake first time <laughs> On Twitter, it's at the Partridge Pod, Facebook.com slash the Partridge Pod. On Instagram, it's Monkey Tennis Pod, and the phone number is 07923 600 017. That Monkey Tennis Hotline again, 07923 600 017. Nailed I it. believe I got all that right. Yep. Well it. done. There we go. So, uh, nothing else to do but leave you guys until, uh, until we've all blessed with new Partridge. Thank you so much for listening, and goodbye. Goodbye. Aha! Monkey tennis? In no way, you big spastic, you're a mentalist! Damn! Sorry, that was just a noise. Monkey tennis? I got, uh, really drunk last night. Sick everywhere. Monkey tennis? Uh, minor criticism, more distance between the eggs and the beans. Monkey tennis? I wish things had turned out differently, but I'm glad they didn't. Monkey tennis? Where's my assistant? I do not know. You're all packing. Basically, beef tea. Yeah, 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 yeah. Are you on an E? Monkey tennis?
back of the net. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.